The guy just loves coconut. His favorite chocolate bar is a bounty, Matt. <laughs> There's not a lot of wrong answers when someone asks what your favorite chocolate bar, but bounty is a wrong answer. Right? <laughs> Come on, guys. Oh, man. Coconut and chocolate? You can't go wrong with coconut and chocolate. It's yeah, true. It's good, but I mean, your favorite chocolate bar is your bounty? Yeah, like you're missing out on Twix or Kit Kat or Coffee Crisp. Right? Coffee Crisp is money. The, all, all three of those you named are money. Anything with caramel in it, too, for me, man. I'm a caramel sucker. Well, I bet you dude, like my... Score Bars, right? Oh, I like... Oh. Yeah, Score Bars are good. Uh, Mr. Biggs are good. My top three are... Reese's Pieces is, is number one with a bullet. And then I got Bounty Bar, obviously. And uh, I don't know, the third one, I might go Snickers. So you have Reese's Pieces rated above the original Reese's Peanut Butter Cup? Oh, sorry. That's what I meant. Reese's, oh, okay. Reese's Peanut cool. Butter Cup. Yeah. Sorry. I almost disconnected you from the line there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a good uh, chocolate talk, but maybe we should get into it. This is Worthlessly Worthwhile. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Now your hosts, Art and Rich. All right. Welcome to the program. It is Worthlessly Worthwhile, Tuesday, March 31st. I am Rich Brown, joined as always by Art Aronson, and tonight... We have a special guest host, Caleb Kirby. Thank you for joining us, sir. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, fellas. I like how you skipped right over me to Caleb. I get it. Look at this guy. I mentioned you uh, right off the hopper. Clearly, Art is like dialed in right now. Didn't even notice that I mentioned his name. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've thrown it in. You've had too too much uh, coconut ice cream, maybe. Yeah, he's on Bonnie Henry overload. Too much DBH <laughs> in his life. <laughs> oh, uh, we got a lot to talk about. Most of it has nothing to do with sports. But once again, just like last week, we do have some NFL uh, stuff to go over. Art will, uh, I'm sure, dive into something to do with the Patriots somehow. Even though Brady <laughs> is long gone, he's going to find a way to shoehorn that team right into the talk. Um, what else we got? Some some NBA, not news, but um, maybe take a look at the 1996 NBA draft because uh, Bill Simmons is talking about it, so we want to talk about the top three. Uh, the Maple Leafs lose to an emergency backup goaltender once again, this time virtually. Uh, we're, we're trying to find some ways to kill the time, so we've got a lot of streaming going on, so I'm going to uh, find out what Caleb's watching these days. We might even talk a little bit of video games. And uh, liquor sales way up in British Columbia right now. I wonder why. Uh, but first off, let's let's start with the NFL. Um, not a lot of activity over the last week. Feels like the offseason has kind of died down a little bit. But uh, the, the quarterback carousel is still kind of wide open. There's a few guys out there that I think could still change teams. Uh, some of them are available to be signed. Some of them would be through trade. But want to get your guys' thoughts on this. So I'm going to start with the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. We know Joe Burrow is likely going to the Bengals. Uh, there's been some talk that the Bengals could keep Andy Dalton as a backup, which I, I think seems a little odd. I don't know why Dalton would go for that. So where do you guys think Andy Dalton uh, should end up? I'm going to start with uh, our guest, Kirby. 
Well, it's interesting, right? Because Dalton's stock is so low at this point that I honestly think he probably could wind up being a backup, even if it is in a place like Cincinnati. Um, I don't know, man. Like, who really needs a quarterback right now? Like, and 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 who's who's looking at a guy like Dalton as a starter at this point? I think. Like, I, I think it needs to be a guy who has an offense that's somewhat similar to what Dalton can run. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I'm just trying to think of a team kind of off the top of my head. Let me think about this for just a quick second. I'm sure Art probably has an answer in the, in the chamber already. Art Kirby uh, brought up a good point. Is there a team out there that needs a quarterback right now? I'm trying to think of one. Uh, you know exactly where I'm going to go. You see, you set me up here. First, first you said I was going to try and shoot in the Patriots at some point, and then you set me up. Oh, it's here he goes, bringing the Patriots into it. I knew it was coming. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Right now, the Patriots have a fourth-round quarterback in Stidham. Who cares what his first name is? Nobody even knows. Uh, Jason Stidham? Uh, I think you're thinking of the uh, the action the star. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's the point. And they got Brian Hoyer. like The destroyer. Any of the guys. Yeah, anybody that you put, that anybody on this list of these quarterbacks that you're about to throw out there at us could probably jump on the Patriots and be a better option. So, of course, why not Andy Dalton? I mean, at this point, the Patriots, they've decided that they don't want the GOAT. So, why not the Red Rifle? I, I have the Patriots as well. I think it's a good fit. As Kirby mentioned, his stock is really low right now. That's the Patriot way. Find someone whose stock is low, whether it's because uh, he's like a prima donna or in this situation, he played for one of the worst teams in the NFL last year, and so his stock is really low, but that's what they do. They bring in guys when their stock is down, they put them into the right system and they end up winning with them. And I think Dalton could be a guy that could succeed in new England. Yeah. But we're talking about like other positions, not the, not the most important position in football, the quarterback position. I don't know. I think Bill Belichick Patriots, Patriots fans are, they're hoping for a lot here. If they think they can just plug in anybody. Well, you're not going to be the, be able to plug in anybody like the guy that you bring in is has to has to have an aptitude for that position and an understanding of how it works it's funny man like i like i you know i'm a colts fan i make no bones about it and colts got rivers and honestly i was kind of thinking in my head rivers is a guy who's up there and some people say his pass is prime and i i, I kind of agree i think he's past his prime if not close to past his prime but if if I was Patriots, that's who I probably would have gone after was Rivers over a guy like Dalton just because I think he has more of an aptitude for understanding and learning an offense quicker. I haven't really seen much from Dalton ever where I've been like, that was a smart play, you know? I just, I've just kind of always seen him run an offense and throw to a really good wide receiver when he was healthy. Yeah. I mean, they up until last year, they were – one of those teams that always seem to make the playoffs. A lot of times they were they had pretty good regular seasons. It's just that because they could never win a playoff game. And for some reason they kept bringing Marvin Lewis back year after year. I, I think that 
has kind of hurt his stock. I think he's a good quarterback and could succeed in the right system. I think it could be a good fit, but we can move on. There's other options out here. I don't, I don't necessarily know if any of these guys are right for the Patriots, but I think uh, some of these guys could go into situations where maybe they're not handed the reins as the starting quarterback, but they could push someone, whether it's a rookie or, uh, or just be there as insurance. So how about, how about Super Cam? Cam Newton released by the Panthers, now a free agent. Is there a team that makes sense to pick up Cam Newton at this point? Uh, I guess I'll take the ball. Yeah, we'll start with Art. I, this guy, I think, I mean, he's a former MVP. Someone's going to take a chance on him, right? Somebody. And even if that, even if that team already has a starting quarterback, this guy's worth, because like, like you said, a lot of these guys, their stock is down. Cam Newton's stock is really down. And he, of course, has been rumored. I mean, everybody and their dog has been rumored to be going to the Patriots at this point. But um, I think that uh, one team, how about, how about the Chargers? I mean, the Chargers, they don't have a, they don't have a great, you know, Phillip Rivers is out. They need a guy who can come in and uh, run an offense, has, has a history of being able to run an NFL offense. I, I just, I, I think a lot of teams could look at Cam Newton and his stock is down. So is there one certain team? I mean, I look at the Patriots, of course they need a quarterback. Um, but I think a lot of teams could bring Cam Newton in and be the backup. I really do. And that could be like any team and it would be low risk, high reward with him. Kirby. Uh, but he's kind of a poison man. Like that's my issue with that guy. And, 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 it's weird because it's it's kind of like boom or bust with him if you did put him into a bigger market, right? Carolina's not the biggest market. And Cam, you know, when he was young, he was he was able to kind of grow his game and thrive there. But I feel like he, he almost got too big for where he was. And then his career kind of fell apart. And you wonder, like, if he goes to a place like New England or L.A., if that would continue or not. It's interesting. Like I, 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 like that guy has so many tools when he's playing, right? But you just gotta wonder. Where... Now, was he a poison? Was he a poison, Kirby, or was that just the media media's reaction? I think he was a baby man, and I don't think his teammates liked him. I don't. I don't think his... wasn't he like the uh, the Walter Payton Man of the Year either nominee or something like that recently. Yeah, but that's a little bit different. That's for like charitable stuff, right? Walter Payton Man of the Year is for your. Cha- I I just I I never ever really got, and I could be off base here, but I never really got the feeling that that guy's teammates liked him, right? Like, uh, and and he he did a lot of things that his body language, the way he handled himself on the sidelines, sometimes in those in those uh, post game press conferences, he just acted like a prima donna. You know, if there's one guy like how he dressed, if there's one guy who can, I I actually kind of liked how he dressed sometimes. Sometimes it was ridiculous. It looks like a grandmother. There was one time where he looked like a grandma for sure. (laughs) A couple cool hats though. Uh, Uh, What about Miami's another spot? Why not down south? Right, they need a quarterback. I think he'd be a good option there. Fitzmagic isn't good enough. No. No, he's not. I honestly don't think he's good for. I just don't think Miami is cut out for football as a city. 
I really or sports for that. I matter. really don't. I think <laughs> I think people go down there and there's just too much temptation with the girls and the partying and everything that Miami has to offer that you need an absolute consummate professional to go down there and get that done. Andy Dalton won't do it because he'll get the worst sunburn of all time. And <laughs> Cam Newton probably won't be able to handle it down there either. I think uh, I think I agree with Art. I think the Chargers is a good fit for him because they're probably going to draft a quarterback in the first round, but they're yeah. likely to be the third team to get a quarterback. So I don't think they're going to get Tua or Burrow. Um, so are they going to be stuck with Herbert or Love? And is either of those guys going to be ready? So you've got the Chargers going into the new stadium in Los Angeles. You know, yeah, you want something yeah. that can draw people uh, to buy tickets into the crowd. Maybe Newton's a good fit. Um, he could take the reins for a year and, and see what happens. And if he falters, then maybe you give the rookie a chance. For, for ticket sales alone, I agree with you because he is still a name. There is still some stock to that name. And, and I guess it's a decent enough flyer to see what kind of player he would be on a bigger stage, obviously, even though, you know, how many people in L.A. care about the Chargers really when it's all said and done. Yeah, well, they would care yeah. more if Cam yeah, was exactly. there or Tom Brady was there. Yeah, their team is good. Like, they need a quarterback is what they need. Last year, and you said Phillip Rivers is past his prime. I think he's well past his prime. Like, last year, they were losing games because of Phillip Rivers. So, I think they just need a competent quarterback in there that knows how to run an offense. And well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's you. all Phillip Rivers, though, last year. He is, his offensive line didn't give him as much help as he could have wanted as as he probably needed for how old he is back there right but a guy like cam newton who has that that physical ability to run out of the pocket and scramble and do all those types of things you know like yeah he he'd probably fare better back there now than than rivers did speaking of guys well past their prime is joe flacco still cut out for the nfl is is a team going to sign this guy I never thought that guy was cut out for the NFL to begin with. He, he That guy was the most Jekyll and Hyde quarterback I've ever seen. He's got such a huge gun on him. And obviously he won a Super Bowl. But, like, man, like, I'm, ask, ask anybody who's ever had that guy in a fantasy league, you know? Some weeks you're just absolutely crushing it. And then other weeks it's just like the taps are completely off. He, uh, I, I saw a stat somewhere that like his completion percentage and his, his winning percentage are like almost identical. Like, yeah, like he's, he, and, and maybe it's because he plays, he played for a really good team there in Baltimore. Right. And they won a lot of games based on their defense, based on their running game, based on a lot of things. Um, and he just made the smart play. Uh, he's got a big gun. He's got a big arm. Uh, we watched him in Denver last year. I wasn't overly impressed. I don't think anybody was. Uh, he's a backup. I think. He's yeah. A backup. And I've always and I'm like Kirby. I've always thought he was a backup. I have. Uh, I had a few po- possible landing spots for him, but as it turns out, the Arena League has folded. NFL Europe is no longer a thing. So. <laughs> I think maybe it's hey. time for Joe Flacco to call it a career. Hey, if the XFL <laughs> survives this, put him in the XFL. Why not? There you go. Hey, that's a good point. I think uh, Houston's going to need a new team or a new quarterback. Yeah. After your boy yeah. Uh, Walker signed with the Panthers. Yeah. 
PJ Walker. Dude, PJ's legit, man. I don't know if you guys got to watch that guy at all, but like he was a fun watch. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. You got thought... Teddy Bridgewater in there with the Panthers, but Walker coming in as that second guy, you know. Yeah. If uh if Bridgewater goes down, he's probably the one who's going to step in and get some time. So, we might get to see PJ Walker get some NFL reps next year. Yeah. Yeah, Kirby was on that train like week one of the X. Well, I, I was after, so I gotta after watching him the first week, I was like, this guy is better than this league. And then I was like, yeah. either that or he had a fantastic game. And then the second week, I was like, yeah, this guy's better than this league. Yeah. And then all the NFL teams were clamoring. Yeah. And- I mean, not like they can do OTAs or anything like that, but we'd probably be hearing about them right now in OTAs, wouldn't we? They were. For sure. What about Jameis Winston? Like, is this guy going to be eating W somewhere next year? Where is Jameis Winston going to end up? I don't see him getting a, maybe a chance to compete for a starting role, but I think he's going to have to suck it up and take backup money. I honestly wanted him on the Colts. As like, the starter or to compete with Brissett? Well, to at least compete for that job. Like, I mean, again, like, I know you're a huge Philip Rivers fan as well, Rich. Like, and, I mean, I've seen that guy, like, that guy was like Manning's kryptonite in a lot of games. And, like, there's there's a lot to like about Philip Rivers, but, you know, like, time is not on his side. And I think a guy like Jameis Winston – who has like some physical tools and if he's with the right type of offensive coordinator or, you know, has an offensive line to give him a little bit more time to make the smarter play, which Colts have a great offensive line. I think he, he would have done some good work there. He still definitely has something in the tank. And I think you make a good point about putting him in the right situation. It was always a run and gun offense with the Bucks, And that's why he threw so many interceptions I think maybe he might be a good fit for the Jaguars. You know, they do have Gardner Minshew, but is is Minshew the guy? It's still kind of up in the air. The Jaguars need someone to come in there, I think, and compete with Minshew for the starting role. And they're a running team, you know, like they're going to run yeah. the football. So I like I like that fit. Keeps him in Florida. He's kind of a Florida guy. Uh, you know, he went to Florida State, played for the Bucks. So I like him with the Jaguars. Art, do you have a fit for Jameis Winston? Jameis Winston is the most exciting quarterback in football. We've talked about this many times. He's liable to throw an 80-yard bomb or an 80-yard pick six. Two-yard pick six. What am I saying? Uh, he, There's been talk. I mean, okay, I'm sorry. I'm doing this. Here again. we go. <laughs> but can you imagine him? See, I wonder where Art has him going. On the Patriots? Can you imagine him on the Patriots? You go from a quarterback who has one of the low, one of the lowest, you know, the 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 best ratios of touchdown to quarterback or touchdown to interception ratios in Brady to Jameis Winston, who he threw, he was thirty thirty last year. You yeah, know? he threw. Like, can you imagine that if he played for Bill Belichick in New England, that would be a sight to behold. It really. I, I I think if he went up there and he played for him, that number would go down drastically. You know, but Bell- and by and by the way, sorry. Um, what I was going to say was, uh, Peyton. Really cold weather. Hello. Hello. 
think what he's trying to say is that Peyton Manning's kryptonite was cold weather, apparently. I don't know what happened already. Dropped off the call here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, I mean, that that didn't help either. Foxborough. Well, Foxborough is everybody's kryptonite. He he seemed to do all right in Denver, though, which I seem to remember as being a cold city, no? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Ars back to defend himself. Uh, anyway, no, sorry, I'm back. I'm back. I, I just, uh, I just, I was saying about Jameis Winston. I just hope he's a starter somewhere because the NFL needs it. Okay, the NFL needs Jameis. Fantasy Winston football needs Jameis Winston too. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I got Dude, one he... more quarterback for us to place here, uh, and I don't know if he's going to have a team, but somewhere along the line, is someone going to give this guy a shot? Is Colin Kaepernick going to end up back in the NFL this year? I mean, I, I think it's unlikely. We just ran through a bunch of guys that could go to new teams. And I don't know that there's a lot of teams looking for help right now. But Kaepernick is an NFL quarterback, I feel like. Maybe not a starting quarterback, but he could help some teams. I think that guy's blacklisted, man. He is. He's the yeah, I think he's like shot. I think he's like blacklisted to a point where he's not going to get a shot. I and and you know what? He's kind of like obviously it, it's an interesting situation, but he's almost doing things that are like publicity stunts. You know, like when he gets called to do a workout and he'll show up and then he'll like do a protest at his workout, right? I, I think and I think he's comfortable doing that because it's media and it's money for him. Yeah, he signed the big contract with Nike. He uh, sued the league for an undisclosed amount of money, which I don't know. It, it, there was hints out there that it wasn't that much, like less than ten million or whatever. Uh, yeah, there are these there are these talks about these tryouts that are about to happen or don't happen. Uh, people spin it in a way that he's a prima donna. I don't know if that's the media, if that's the the uh, the teams that are trying to bring him in. I don't. I, I think, like Kirby said, he's he's comfortable being a martyr for his cause at this point. And uh, I know unless the social distancing like gets in his head and he like really wants to play football again, I don't see him on another team. I don't. The two teams that I think, I think you're right. I don't think he's going to end up anywhere, but there's two teams that I think should seriously consider having him on the squad. If he's really truly interested, I think the Buffalo bills and the Baltimore Ravens, these are two good teams with uh, the dual threat kind of run heavy quarterback. And if either of those guys went down, they don't really have a good option to replace them. And both of these teams could do some damage. Obviously the Ravens are like a a total Super Bowl contender. Uh, The Bills, this is their opportunity to win the division and potentially go, maybe they could actually win a playoff game after they blew it against the Texans last year. (laughs) Um, And if Allen were to go down, they don't have a good replacement there either. So, he, if he was willing to kind of come in, take like solid quarterback money, you know, like Chase Daniel money, twelve million a year or so, and just be a good teammate, I think that would be a good fit for him. But I, I don't think it's actually going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I I think you could go back to Jameis Winston and put him in those in those exact spots as well, right? Yeah, that, like those could you, be options as you well. Just yeah. And you know, and you and you make a great point about uh, the running, the run-heavy offense in both uh, Buffalo and both and both, or sorry, Buffalo and in Baltimore. 
And we saw this great season that Lamar Jackson had. And you know what? We've seen that before. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick can do that. Kaepernick did. Right? He's, he's had a season like that. He's had a season. Not quite to the extent that's MVP like Lamar Jackson and everything went perfect. But we know he can do that. So um, I just like. Yeah. But I, but when's the last time you've seen a quarterback consistently do that season in, season out? You know? Good point. Michael Vick like, when well, he was with yeah. the Falcons, I guess. Yeah, like like my, uh, Michael Vick and a guy like uh, maybe you could throw in like Donovan McNabb for I don't know three seasons, less so running, still running, but not as much, right? Like, by the way, I was watching the Michael Vick documentary the other day, it. guys, and and did you know that he got popped because like a, his cousins, his cousin or something got popped with with uh, marijuana in his car and his cousin said that he got it from Michael Vick's house and they went to Michael Vick's house and found the dog smuggling ring all because of his cousin who got caught with marijuana and told them that he got it from Vick's house that is crazy I thought that was crazy I thought that was fucking crazy I'm like that blew it open that's why you surround yourself with smarter people I got off yeah, sorry, I got, I got I got off topic there, but that that just blew me away. When yeah. I heard that. Okay, so the NFL draft sorry. that is still going to be happening. That I find this interesting that the NFL has been so like committed to keeping their off season on track through this whole thing. The draft, I don't yeah. know what the draft is going to feel like. It's going to be really weird because obviously, I guess everyone's going to be at their own draft party. There's not going to be any green room. Uh, is it all going to be over like Skype? How is this going to happen? I don't know how this is going to work. I will still watch it, of course. Um, and and really, the big question—I don't know if we're going to find it out on draft night. But the whole Joe Burrow will he won't he play for the Bengals storyline is so interesting because every time he's asked a question to kind of be committed to one side or the other, he is continuously he just doubled down on being non-committal. So is this guy going to end up playing for the Bengals or is he going to force a trade? Why on earth would you want to play for the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> like that city sucks. It's a toilet of a city. The fans suck. <laughs> the uniforms, it looks like they're part of the like musical cats when they're out on the field. They look like a joke, you know? Like I, I, there's nothing about that city that is enticing to play in. They have a losing culture. Like, what, what about it? Oh, their stadium is architecturally kind of cool looking. I guess I don't know why I'd want to play for the Bengals. Uh, one name, AJ Green. Only reason you'd want to AJ Green uh, doesn't want to be in Cincinnati anymore. He's not a, a loud guy, but I think he's made it pretty clear by his actions that he doesn't want to be back. And uh, he's the only reason to play there, honestly. But that team is That's just no good, and they, they don't want to ever spend money, right? So right? It, it's tough, though, yeah. because it's a different situation than when John Elway went through it because social media, like, you just get hammered by everyone if you try and force a trade in that way. Even Even when Eli did it, it's not like Twitter was a thing or anything like that, like – the world is different now and it's tough for an athlete to try and get what they want. Uh, like look what happened with Kevin Durant. All the guy did was go and 
sign as a free agent somewhere else. Like they're completely entitled to do as a player, as a free agent. Um, But I agree. Like, why would Joe Burrow want to play for the Bengals? I would be trying to find a way out as well. And I think, I think right now his camp is working with the Bengals to try and find a way out without making it public. Like that's why he's being so noncommittal is because they're trying to work this situation in a quiet way where it doesn't get out into the media. Yeah. I don't think he'll get it roasted, though. Like, I think the Kevin Durant situation is different, right? Because at that time, Kevin Durant was already a franchise player for a team, right? Sure. Whereas this guy's still coming out of the draft. So I think that he has that to his advantage, and there there have been players that have done it before. Will there be backlash? For sure there will be. Like, especially from, like, a city that gets spurned a little bit. But it's I don't think it's necessarily nearly the same big of a deal as like once that guy is your boy right like this guy isn't anybody's boy yet so i i, I think there's a little bit more leeway there and really it's his career yeah, i mean like, we've seen athletes it's his career if he wants yeah. to if he wants to um go play somewhere else then he should go play somewhere else and cleveland i mean cincinnati should obviously be cognizant of that right when they draft him they should know like if they are going to draft him then he is that he is going to play there, right? Not just draft him for the sake of because he's the best player. I'm looking at some of the most high profile top draft picks that have like decided to force their way out of situations, um, and it's it hasn't it hasn't really turned out that bad for any of the people involved, the parties involved, right? Except for maybe the Vancouver Grizzlies who did. You shouldn't have drafted Steve Na- or Steve Francis. They shouldn't have done it. It was the end of the fran- it was the end of the franchise that decision. But like I- I'm I'm talking about other moves like Eli Manning when he forced his way out yeah. of San Diego. Like Eric Lindros when he forced his way out of uh, Quebec City. Like it-, it turned out okay, right? They got something back that was all right. Um, so yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals should be looking to move that trade or move. Joe Burrow, like I, I, I feel like that's that's the way to do it. If he's going to be non-committal here at this point, but who knows what he's saying in the back, right behind the scenes, right now? Yeah, but who I knows? mean, but it is it's such a sorry. If you're a semi-competent franchise, you should know, right? Like if you're going in that if you're going into that draft and you're wondering, oh, is he or won't he? Then he's probably probably not. Yeah, you know, you should have your answer yeah. by then. Yeah. I agree, and I think if if it's going to happen, it's probably going to come down to the draft day, as it usually does, because you're trying to drive the price up and get as much as you can for him. So I think no matter what they draft him, right, it's just whether or not that pick gets flipped the same way the the Rivers-Manning deal went down. Like, I I think that's kind of the situation we might see. And I, I don't know if there's any truth to it. There's rumors of the Dolphins wanting to get in on him, so... Is there a way that uh, the Dolphins end up taking Tua, and then it's it's kind of similar as the Rivers Eli trade, where it's a trade of quarterbacks, and then obviously Miami adds to the deal to get Burrow. Um, and if 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 that's what Burrow wants is to not play for the Bengals, um, you know, I I think it's a good solution for Cincinnati if they end up with Tua. He's a good quarterback as well, and maybe because of his uh, injury history, or not necessarily history, but just his recent injury with the hip issue that he's got, he might not be ready right out of camp, and and, uh, the Bengals are a team that can sustain that because they do have Dalton that can hold down the fort if they need to. 
Yeah, Tua is an interesting name for sure that you bring him up. Uh, he's the wild card here. And this is interesting. The NFL doing their virtual draft. We're not seeing the combine. You, you know what? I wonder. Like, there's so much money involved in the NFL right now. Like, what's going on behind the scenes that's not being filmed right now? You know? Like, and I know everybody is trying to take, a lot of people are taking social distancing right. A lot of leagues have shut down their actions. But the NFL, they'll do anything to get ahead of the curve. And I think even if that means, you know, going against health officials here in this pandemic, I bet you there's a lot of uh, irregular activities going on behind the scenes right now in the NFL. Who says? Uh, I feel like it might get out in the media somehow if people were flying all over the place. Uh, just because of flights yeah. being grounded and whatnot. I mean, you might be right. Secret charters, though, right? I, I, there's, I bet you there's lots of ways. Well, when you think about how many just collegiate schools there are, you know, and, and pro scouts all around the country, you know, to get a workout in on a guy, I don't think would be that difficult, really. There's tons of ac- yeah, academic facilities so. and stuff to see that happen. Yeah. And really, I mean, like, if you adhere to, like, the protocols that we even have now, I think it's entirely possible. I don't think anybody's, like, I don't think anybody's doing it in a way that's going to be harmful to, uh, you know, trying to contain this outbreak. So I, I could most certainly see it happening. But what about yeah. two? Is he, is he yeah. destined to go to Miami? Like, that's... It, it feels like it's predetermined. Everyone talking like, okay, well, Miami's going to have Tua and this is going to happen. But there's, there's opportunity for other teams to go up in front of Miami to get Tua. Um, and especially like you look at the Chargers as being a team that really needs a quarterback. We've talked about the moving into the new stadium in Los Angeles and needing someone that can sell tickets. They're one pick behind Miami. Is there a way that they could jump in front of Miami whether it be, uh, I don't think that Washington would give up the second overall pick. If if they did, it would probably be for a ransom uh, because they're getting a great player at number two. Uh, but maybe Detroit at number three or the Giants at number four, like those could be potential options where a team like the Chargers who have the sixth overall pick could jump in front of Miami to get to a Tonga Bailoa. Is that something that could potentially happen? Thank you for pronouncing his last name. That was great. I was just about to say, I've noticed you didn't want to pronounce his last day. Tua Tongo Voyola. Um, I don't know. I, I, would you give up a King's Ransom for the guy who just came off like major hip surgery? Uh, I mean, he was like the hottest thing in college football until Burrow came along. I, I get that. But again, that's college football. Um, he's a little bit unorthodox. You know, he's, you know, left-handed. He's... Uh, He's not the biggest guy in the world. I, I don't know if his game translates that well to the NFL game. I really don't. I thought Deshaun Watson's game did. For whatever reason, I don't think Tua's game. And this is just a gut feeling on my part. When, it really When is. you look at uh, teams that you mentioned in that mix, man, like you got to ask yourself, what are the Lions going to do as well moving forward? Because, you know, Stafford's not getting any younger either. Dude, the Lions are like you know? the Bengals. Not, like, it's just like, it's just like nothing the good happens to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the Lions have had like some of the best talent that Absolutely. has ever come in the NFL. 
and they still can't. Tell. Or, they, still or they can't. get to a game and get completely yeah. screwed by officiating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that does happen too. But really, that happened two seasons in a row, man. <laughs> quarterbacking is not the problem for Detroit. Stafford is a really no, good no, no. Stafford's great, but they're going to have to start thinking about who's going to replace him sooner rather than later. I think. I think this is the perfect opportunity for them to take advantage of the situation. If there is a team out there, and I, I think there's teams out there that really want to uh, and want to get ahead of Miami, and this could be the, the Lions' opportunity to not necessarily get a King's ransom, but turn that one pick into a, a couple of first-rounders. And the team that I actually think – Chargers are a team that I mentioned with the sixth overall pick, but I don't know that they have enough capital to get there. The Raiders is the team that I could see pulling this off. And if I'm the Lions and the Raiders mm. are offering me the 12th pick and the 19th overall pick, both in the first round in this year, to jump into number four, I would seriously consider that, especially knowing that you already have a quarterback that can last you. Like, quarterbacks are playing into their late 30s. Stafford's still got a good, I would say, at least four years in him, if not five years. This could be an opportunity for the Lions to stock up a bit. Mm. Yeah. What, 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 what are your thoughts, though, Rich, on Tua? Like, I think he's a field. really smart quarterback, and it really comes down to health. And it's, it's impossible for us to play armchair GM and, and make the call when we can't see what his health is truly like. I mean, I've read reports that he's progressed better than expected. Um, but I, I do think that for the most part in, in this time of modern science uh you know players especially the young guys tend to recover from injury quite well uh this is a bit of a unique injury um the Bo Jackson injury right which obviously it was a long time ago but it pretty much ended his career or ended his successful career um but I think as long as the the medical stuff checks out I would love to have this guy leading my team it's funny that you brought up the Raiders because the Raiders, like, obviously they're going to want to make a splash going into Vegas as well. I think that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty good idea for them to trade their picks away as long as they're getting their hands on, like, a top-wide receiving prospect. Like, they need to get, like, the best, second-best wide receiver out of their, that draft who's guaranteed not to be a miss because that is easily where they're, they're at fault, right? Like, they have nobody who can catch the ball. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't actually think that they need to go up and get Tua. I like Derek Carr. I think, if anything, he just needs yeah. more help. And you could use one of those picks to – if you could get C.D. Lamb and have him paired with Derek Carr yeah. and, then, and then still have another first-rounder, I think that's actually the way they should go. But is that the way they want to go? You know, We know what uh, John Gruden's like. If he falls in love with a quarterback, he's going to want to go get him. So uh, if, if I'm guessing – if there's going to be a team that goes up to get him, the Raiders would be the team I think would make it happen. It's funny. I think I, I don't, I think Gruden's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if he's a good fit in Oakland right now, to be honest, or I guess Vegas for the Raiders. For, yeah. for the Raiders, for the Raiders. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, he's made, he's made a few, a few like crazy. Yeah. He really, crazy he needs to reconsider, you know, Monday night football, the booth is still a mess. He should get back there. If they could somehow get a way to get Tariko back, Gruden in the booth, that would be his best move. And it would make all of us happy because nobody wants to hear Booger McFarlane point out the obvious for another I, year. I, yeah, like Gruden was so good there. He was so insightful. 
And uh, like, yeah, just with what's happened to the Raiders, like they, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like that team, I didn't think was that bad, you know, two seasons ago, really for what they had, even though the record wasn't necessarily indicative of it. I just felt like they needed to make like a few minor changes here or there. And I still think they're like, you know, a good wide receiver away from being a team that at least contends in their division. They did have a stretch there where they looked like they were starting to put it together. Like yeah. they looked like a pretty good team. I remember this because I was starting to get on board with the Raiders and they were going to visit the Jets. And I was strongly considering taking them in the survivor pool. And I think Art Art talked me out of it, but I still put some some money, heavy money on the Raiders to to cover the spread against the Jets. And the Jets blew them out of the water. They got destroyed. <laughs> and then I can't remember where they went the next week, but they played even worse. I'm pretty sure they were at home, but they played another team that they should have beaten, and they played even worse and got destroyed again. And all the faith I had in the Raiders was lost at that point. But there was a, a stretch last year where it looked like they might be figuring it out. Yeah. They like have right? an offensive line, and then they didn't have an offensive line. Yeah, I like their running back, Jacobs. Yeah, he's back. a yeah, really Jacobs. good running back. They're, I like their defense. I like yeah, their their then, their know, front, Mark, their defensive front. Like, I think it's I think it's good. You know. Yeah. The Khalil Mack trade, I think, kind of, you know, it soured a lot of people too. It was one of the big yeah. things that Gruden did when he first got in, trading away Amari Cooper as well. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what he was trying to do when he first came in. And I don't really know what the plan is yeah. from Gruden. That's my point. But I don't, I don't think Carr, like, I don't think Carr's the problem. I think Carr's a good quarterback. You give him the tools, I think he's he'd be one of the best, yeah. one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Okay, well, we've, uh, we've come to the time in the program that Art has paid for. So we get to – it's uh, Patriot Corner with Art Aronson, and we're going to find out about uh, – I don't even know what this – I don't know what this story is, Art, so you're going to have to take the reins. What, what are the Patriot fan reactions to Brady leaving? Because apparently this is a story. Okay, okay. okay. I just and – and I'm glad that Caleb is here because he's the guy I want to I pick a brain with. Because right now, Caleb, uh, Patriots fans – we're going through all the emotions right now with Tom Brady leaving. Um, we don't know whether to hate him, to cheer him on when he goes somewhere else. We don't really know what to do. It's it's a, it's stages of grief. And as you know, your Indianapolis Colts lost a legend in Peyton Manning. What were the emotions you went through, and how did you come out of it? I, that's that's what I want to know, Caleb. Like, am I like people ask me now? Oh, you're Tom Brady well, here's, or you in here's the I'm here's like, the thing. I, is I, I still I, remained a I still remained a Colts guy, and I still am a Colts guy. Um, but I I do think that the situation is different because you know Manning had a neck injury, right? A nerve in his neck, and it was almost like it was almost like Indy turned his back on him, thinking that he would never play again, right? Tom Brady, he had offers. Yeah, he could go wherever he wanted, right? And yeah, but I also I also think if if the Patriots wanted Brady back, they would have had him back because they had no better option at quarterback. We're talking about all the guys that could be a fit there in New England right now. But, Are any yeah, of but I, I that, but Tom that's Brady hearsay at this point, right? Like it was it was definitive 
in in Indianapolis that the, the case was the case, where is in where as in uh, New England, it's not as definitive. Now, for you, I know you're in your stages of grief, and I feel bad for you to an extent. However, um, I say you still cheer on Tommy when he's not playing against your Patriots. Your Patriots are still your team, right? Yeah. And, you know, when he does make his journey up there at whatever point, you, you know, like you cheer for him, but you want to beat him. And then when he's done, when his career is over, then you can go back to worshiping him. Yeah, I think I think uh, you're right, Kirby. The the situation is so different. The main thing, especially like looking at it from the where you started from, Art, of the fan perspective, and how did you feel towards Peyton Manning? It's a completely different situation because, like you said, Manning was injured, so he missed the season. Curtis Painter didn't quite right. fit the bill, I guess, <laughs> um, and so they got well, the got first blocked. overall pick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so, Andrew Luck, if you listen to a lot of, uh, like, the, the draft experts or the NFL scouts, Andrew Luck is still the highest-rated quarterback prospect coming into the draft that has come along in years. Yeah. So, he basically, at that point when you're the Colts, you kind of do have to move on. Like, I loved Peyton Manning as well. I wasn't a Colts fan, but I really liked Peyton Manning. Um but you could just sense, like, why wouldn't you move on at that point? The team wasn't good enough for them to win around Manning. They were getting one of the best quarterbacking prospects in years. So it was just time to move on. And if you're a Colts fan, Manning wasn't the one who chose to leave. It was the Colts who chose to move on. So yeah. why would you be upset with him? This is a completely okay. different situation because Tom Brady right. chose to leave the Patriots All in this right. situation. We don't know exactly what happened, what kind of offer the Patriots gave him, did him an offer, did he feel undervalued there? I don't know what it was, but it's it's a different situation because we've all seen the Patriots didn't have a better option that they're moving towards. He just left to go to Tampa Bay. Um, but I agree with, with Caleb. I don't think you hate him for doing that. The guy gave you five Super Bowls. If you hate someone who gave you five Super Bowls, you're not a smart fan. Like, uh, there's a lot of guys who would be loyal to the team until the end of their career that would get you zero Super Bowls, but I'd rather have the guy that got me five and then eventually left after 20 years. Guys, and but yeah, and, and you're right about circumstances being different, but this guy... No, he didn't die, dead. Art. And it's... <laughs> Listen, the, Tom Brady is a mythical creature in Boston. And among Patriots fans, when pe- when people ask when when Brady was on the Patriots, people would ask grown men like myself, who, like who do you love more, the Patriots or Tom Brady? And we'd be like, I can't answer that question. Now you have to, you know. And now, that's and now I have to answer that question, and I just. <laughs> This sucks, guys. So. Well, well, yeah, well, yeah. well. You had two decades of winning football. Right, and now and and now you have the possibility of a season where you lose. You still have the greatest mind in football history as your coach. I wouldn't be like you know down in the dumps as much as you are about it. And you know when he gets back to your uh, your stadium, you cheer him on, and then you know when he retires, you celebrate him as you always have. 
Yeah, all right. And, and, and the point I was just trying to make was that I've seen some Patriots fans out there, like, hating on Brady right now. And I'm just like, how can you do that? Like, no, you you should be ashamed yeah. of yourself. You cannot do that. So I and I, and I just I, I yeah, I just I that upsets me. Like there's a few people in the media who are big Patriots fans and I'm not going to name names. names, but I saw them uh, crying. I hope All she right. doesn't listen to this podcast. Katie she might Nolan be upset with you. One. God damn it, Katie Nolan. Anyway, she was on and she was whack. She was just lipping off Brady. And I was just like, God damn it, Katie Nolan. I want to punch <laughs> you in your cute face. Like, oh, I was just, oh. Anyways, that's it. That, that that that's there is a story there. That's all I'm saying. All right. Patriots fans don't know do, how to act. Do you feel better now, Art? Tom Brady now that you got that off your Sorry. chest, you feel that's better. It. Thank you for. That's good. Yeah, thanks. Management is telling me that we have way audience. too much Patriots talk, so we have to move on. Um, but it's the true. question yeah. now, uh, with all sports, and maybe the NFL is the next live sport we see. I don't know what it's going to be, but with this whole situation. You know, it, it it sucks to not have sports, but at the same time, we all know that uh, there's much bigger things at play right now. But when it comes to getting our sports back, there's kind of a debate going on. And there's leagues. I think the NBA is the one that I've heard that's uh, fully expecting to resume play with no fans in the stadium. But on the other side of the coin, does that feel like real pro sports? Like, is that what we want to watch? So my question is, would you rather that we start up again, no fan, at least we have something to watch, or do we want to see sports wait until we can get back to regular life, we can have the crowds, we can have the after? What is the better solution for sports fans? I'm going to start with Uh, I've been asked this a few times and I've kind of gone back and forth in my head, but I, 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 I don't think you can, I, I, I don't want to watch a game with nobody there. I, I think it's a huge part of the game. The fans are a huge part of the game, the pressure. And I know there would be pressure from players and they're of course still trying to just play their game. I, I, I just don't, I, it's not the same. It's not sports for me. So no, I vote no. Caleb, no fans. Write it no off. Fans. I'm with art. I was, I'm a, I'm I was on that train. Nice. I was on that same yeah. train at first. Uh, I completely agree. It, it's it would be just so weird. It wouldn't feel the same. Um, but lately, you know, the last couple of days, I've been thinking about like the gravity of the situation and how long is it actually going to be before we're allowed to have eighteen thousand, twenty thousand, depending on the sport, sixty thousand people packing into a stadium together to watch a game, like. It, it could be over a year before that is is a real possibility because of the situation we're in. So as much as I, I wish that we could wait and, and have the fans and the atmosphere, I, I'm starting to come around to the fact that I just don't think it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but I do think it's going to be really weird. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a wrestling fan, but I know WrestleMania, I think, happened on the weekend. Was that this weekend? Yeah, I think it's gonna happen. I think next weekend. Okay, and no fans, yeah. right? So yeah, but they're doing it. They're not doing it in a stadium either. They're doing it in this little rinky-dink contained thing. And I gotta be honest, it sucks. Like I try, yeah. I tried watching one of those wrestling shows with no fans in the arena, and they're like playing to like an empty crowd, and it's just like 
there's just nothing about it that makes it worth watching. Like it's it's not even I wouldn't even bother with it. I don't think they should do this with real sports, but don't you think the WWE could like drop some green screens and project some fans and put the fan noises in and at least make it feel like it's somewhat real? Like the whole thing is fake anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, I guess that's interesting to say, but like, you know, those performers feed off live crowds, right? That's true. Like even, even like when art, art and I, went and saw them in Vancouver when that SmackDown live came to Vancouver. And like, it was like our chanting and stuff. Like we had like a get the table chant to this one wrestler. And like, she totally like faked, like she was going to go and get a table. And then was like, ah, nuts to you guys after like the chant got going. Right. So it's like, it's, it's how they play to a crowd that makes that, uh, what sports entertainment, I guess is what you want should call it, I guess. It's that's yeah. what makes it special, and without a crowd, it's nothing, right? And like, it just could you imagine watching guys hit dingers in an empty yeah. baseball stadium, right? Like, just that yeah, sound. I've seen, of, them, I've seen the Miami Marlins play, so it's not that weird. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, but it's just, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have played sports too, and I've heard a few. I heard a few people like I remember right at the beginning of this whole uh, COVID nineteen when it was starting to sneak its way here, and uh, the March Madness made that they were one of the first that they had to make a big decision about about their tournament, their big tournament, and they said, "Oh, they'd play without fans." And yeah. right away, I was like, "That's not March Madness." Do or die. I'm sorry, like I don't want right? to watch it. Yeah, I like. Yeah, come on. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sticking with my original thought on this one. Um, fans are a massive part of the game, and the players know it too. And everybody who's ever played sports knows it. So all the geese out there that are going, hey, we got to, you know, like, let's just get the And really, the like, going. I'm like, if it no, is 365 days, so like, no. this is going to sound blasphemous as a sports fan, but, like, it's 365 days. It's a year of your life. If it takes a year to get this under control, it's going to take a year. It's a season, you know? So like, we that, will get it back a, at some point. I think that's a I serious, agree. like, consideration. It's, it's likely, I think, probably, uh, you know, just a guess. I'm, I'm not uh, much of a scientist, maybe a little bit. Uh, no, no, I'm not. Um, but oh, I'm just guessing. Like, yeah, let's say a year. Let's just throw it out there. We got to wait a year before we can get fans fully back in. But let's say uh, the alternative is week one of the NFL in September. And, and you think, wait, wait the year. It's an interesting proposition. It, it is tough. I agree. I agree that uh, it would be really weird, but I also think we might get used to it. And and then it would also just make it so when, when the crowds do get to return, it's you know what it was like without it and it would feel that much more special maybe, but it'll be special regardless, no matter what happens, whatever that first pro game is, it's going to be something else. (laughs) Listen how sad art is now. (laughs) Yeah. We've really, uh, we've really depressed him. Let's, uh, (laughs) let's go back in time. Let's travel back in time here. So art, you brought this up to me, uh, Bill Simmons, 
is doing a redraft of every NBA draft starting with 1996. Is that right? Yeah, he's yeah, started and he started with 1996 today and it was on uh, YouTube. It's through his Ringer channel, which is great. Um and he was and basically you want to talk about the first five picks in that draft if you're going to redo it some way. And obviously, you know, one of the biggest misses in that draft was was Kobe Bryant going at 13, right? And uh, it's it's pretty clear he's the number one pick in that draft. But you got to remember that the guy was just right out of high school. And back then, it was weird. You can't be drafting a guy in the first round, like or in the fir- in the top ten of high school. It just it just wasn't right, right? So um, Allen Iverson, of course, was the first overall pick in that draft by the 76ers. And then there was two Canadian teams with picks two and three. Um, who are they going with there? Because another guy who was drafted in that draft, Steve Nash, as well, was drafted by the Phoenix Suns. Um, yeah, like this is this was a heavy duty draft. So the real the real question is, who would you draft at two and three? You got Iverson, you got Nash. Uh, the, who it was, was uh, Toronto was second, was and the, the Grizzlies was third. So 76ers went first. They they went with Allen Iverson yeah. in real life, but. I think in the redraft, everyone knows they would take Kobe Bryant, like far and away the best player in that draft. And that's saying something because yeah. Steve Nash and Allen Iverson are the other two guys we're talking about. These are three uh, yeah. should be Hall of Famers here. So, um, and we know Nash is already in. You guys went to the ceremony. But um, it's amazing too with, with yeah. And so Allen it's amazing Iverson, that, uh, Iverson, yeah. that Kobe could have gone to Philadelphia, which would have been his hometown team. Um, unless Italy has an NBA team I'm not aware of. But, um, yeah, the Raptors would have chosen second. And so doing the redraft, that's the debate. Which guy do you go with here with your, the Raptors? Is it Steve Nash, yeah. Canadian, but from Vancouver Island? Or is it Allen Iverson? Which guy would have been more valuable to the Raptors? It's a really tough call. And a sneaky... And a sneaky, also sneaky. Yeah, as well. Ray yeah. Allen. Ray, Ray Allen, Allen uh, was also drafted. A few other good players in, in that draft. I don't think they're yeah. on the same level as as Nash and Iverson, but it was a pretty good draft. Ray Allen was in there. Uh, Derek Fisher was a pretty good player. Peja Stojakovic was good, and uh, Jermaine O'Neal was a pretty solid player. Those those were the best guys I I kind of fished out of there, uh, out of that draft. But really, it's between Nash and Iverson, and I I think you go Steve Nash over Iverson. I think Iverson is the flashier player. Um, and don't get me wrong, these guys are both unbelievable players, but I just think Steve Nash added uh, a different level to any team that had him. Um, he's the two-time MVP. Iverson won an MVP, but he also took a team basically on his back to the finals, so it's a, it's a close call, but I'm going Nash over Iverson, which, which leaves AI for the Grizzlies, which can we go back in time and make this happen? Because I think the Grizzlies might still be in Vancouver if that was a reality. Oh, would it ever? Oh, uh, well, it's it's really interesting, right? Because I mean, like, you have the benefit of the doubt. Well, you have the benefit of hindsight at looking at both of these guys' careers. If you were to bring in um, a guy to make an immediate impact, like an impact right away, and you're picking two, then I think you got to pick Iverson because it took Nash a little while longer to kind of develop in the into the player that he became. 
but there are kind of holes in Iverson's game too, right? Like he he took a lot of shots, right? Like so I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think they're both phenomenal players. I think if you want that immediate impact, then you probably take Iverson. Like if you're hurting, and he was obviously more highly touted coming into the league. Um, but I think like obviously, I think Steve Nash is the better playmaker. I think he's better at getting the ball down the court, you know. So knowing what I know now, yeah, I think I go Nash over over Iverson. Okay, so I'm with you guys in thinking, yes, Steve Nash is probably the smart right choice here. But when you pick Allen Iverson, you like he was the first real hip hop star that the NBA really embraced. He was. And as a kid watching this guy, I remember like this guy was my this guy was my dog. Like he was small. He was running around. He was the fastest player in the NBA. He did incredible things. He willed himself to being one of the greatest players in NBA history. And I just think that, I mean, him, like you said, and Kirby, you make a great point about how immediate impact. He would have made a ridiculous immediate impact in Canada and in Toronto. And it would have been, it would have been something really special to see Allen Iverson in Canada. It really would. But then, of course, you look at Steve Nash, like two-time MVP, could have won it three times in a row. He, his yeah. teams performed generally, generally better than Allen Iverson's career. He was yeah. in the Western Conference, so he had to play against greats. Yeah, he had to play against greats. We're talking Dirk Nowitzki. We're talking Kobe Bryant. We're talking against Tim Duncan, you know, Kevin Garnett. Like the, the guys in their primes, he played against those guys in their primes. And he wasn't able to make it to the finals, but I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was a meat grinder, like you said. So, so really, yeah, I guess Steve Nash is the way to go, but there is something about Allen Iverson that is just, he's, well, he like he broke that, ankles that, too, that right? Like how many people were like all pumped on crossovers and all that sort of stuff when Iverson had the ball, like when he was at the top of the key yes. and he was just, you know, shifting one way, shifting the other, dri- out dribbling guys, making them look stupid and then jacking the ball up. Right. So many people love that about him. He had, he had that flash to his game. Yeah. He yeah. changed the game. Yeah. He changed the game that way. Yeah. He changed, he really changed the game. And you know, Steph Curry right now, I kind of think of him as a combination yeah. of Steve Nash and Allen Iverson. And I think Steph Curry is very special. And I think he's a combination of those two players. And I think Nash did change the game the way, you know, he came up to court and they had quick three-point offense. But Allen Iverson changed the game culturally. So these two guys, even though they're not Kobe Bryant and they're not number one pick, they're, they're, they're very special in their own right. And that's why I think that draft is just – it's an incredible draft. To, and to talk about it right at the top there. So, and then you got Ray Allen, who's, you know, maybe the greatest shooter in NBA history. Yeah. Steve Nash is probably, he's maybe top three greatest shooter in NBA history. So like, it's, that, that's, it's, it's special. So that's why I, I, it kind of gravitated. And, and the, the Grizzlies ended nice up taking stuff. Sharif with their pick at number three. And uh, in their short lived history, he really was the greatest player in Vancouver Grizzlies history. Oh, yeah. And when you look at the o- other options, though, you're like, 
damn, like we really missed out. That's nothing against Sharif because he was a great player, but he wasn't, he wasn't good enough to save a franchise. And you wonder what could have happened if they had uh, Iverson or Nash. And I think Kirby, you make a great point about Nash taking a little bit more time to develop and, uh, and maybe he wouldn't have been enough to save the franchise. Uh, but maybe Iverson could have, you know, like maybe he could have improved this team and, and not just improved, but uh, like the record, but improved the watchability or the entertainment level and sold some more tickets. And maybe it would have been enough to keep the Grizzlies in Vancouver. And I think if they could have got through those early dark years, like the city could support oh, an NBA team. And um, I think Vancouver, Vancouver really does enjoy basketball. You see the amount of Grizzlies, uh, sorry, Raptors fans, that there are now uh, with them being the only team. And it maybe it, it would have taken some time to take off, but a guy like Iverson really could have turned the tides kind of the way Vince Sanity took over Toronto. Like I think, I think Vince Carter is the reason that Toronto is such a big basketball town now. And Iverson yeah. might've been able to do the same thing for Vancouver. Yeah. Him and McGrady, right? Like for, for Toronto, we're, we're certainly special. And to be honest, man, like I, I think even if you got Nash, even even with his development time, he Vancouver would still have a team. You know, like I I, I fully believe that with either of those guys, Vancouver yeah. would still have a team. You look at the timing of it too, like the the Canucks in '96. Yeah. So basically, you know, the '95-'96 season is the year they lost to the Avalanche in the playoffs, and then they missed the playoffs for four straight years after that. So if they had got a guy like Iverson and he could have elevated the team or even Nash, like you say, and if they could have elevated the team, there was the window open to capture some of those Vancouver entertainment or sporting entertainment dollars. So the timing would have worked out perfectly. Like I said, I really like Sharif Abdur-Rahim. He's a great player. He just, he wasn't a generational talent like these other guys. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, I'd say I'd say he's I'd say he's the second greatest player in Vancouver Grizzlies history. Cherokee Parks taking the number one. Trying to find the mute button on this thing. Can't figure out how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, not Cherokee Parks. You know, uh, great tattoo. One thing I wanted to mention with this whole situation. One thing that I've seen on Twitter with teams doing is, uh, and I think more so NHL teams have been doing this, but simulating uh, some of their games on like their EA Sports. So for the NHL, it's it's the NHL. 20 game that they're using and simulating the games and um, giving fans something to, to watch or to enjoy. And so this kind of caught my eye, but uh, we all remember when uh, David Ayers, this was the, the great greatest moment of the NHL season, really when David Ayers, the emergency backup goaltender, the Zamboni driver came in for the hurricanes in Toronto. And uh, after giving up goals on the first two shots, we all know the story. He was able to hold on and and the Hurricanes got the win and it became a big thing. So the Hurricanes, I don't know how they did this. They must have worked with EA Sports, but they simulated another game versus the Maple Leafs. And they started emergency backup goalie David Ayers in in the net in this simulation. And they won again. David Ayers made 73 saves for Carolina in a 7 to 5 win. So it begs the question. Which is more embarrassing for the Maple Leafs, the real loss or this simulated version? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, it's the real one, obviously. This, uh, I, just, I just have to point out this whole thing was a setup so that we could point out just how embarrassing it was for the Leafs to lose to a, a Zamboni driver who is an employee of the team, I would like to point out. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's you know that's right up there with the best story of the year, you know like like already that that's like the best story of the year. I mean, we're not seeing a lot of sports right now this year, but that, that's that's easy the best story of the year. Uh, come on, like like why is David Ayers in a? They even game built now? it with that's the, my, that's the blue equipment and why everything. I they must have worked with EA Sports to make it happen, but it, it's hilarious that they were able to do that, and even funnier that they won the game in the simulation. Isn't oh. isn't the it's, EA, a, it's a great story? Isn't the EA Sports that works on NHL out of Vancouver too? Yeah, the uh, the office is in Burnaby. There, the campus. Yeah, it's, it's a big one. I've been there once. It's it's huge. They got like a they got beach volleyball in there. Yeah, uh, they got a soccer field. It's it's a huge campus. But uh, yeah, they work out of Burnaby there. Yeah, well, I think that might answer your question partially. Anytime somebody in Vancouver has an opportunity to burn the Leafs somehow, that uh, they'll usually go for it, right? Not that I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I do wonder how many times they ran that simulation before posting it. <laughs> yeah. That's funny, though, man. That's really funny. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people are playing video games to kill the time right now. I I personally uh, bought Red Dead Redemption 2, which came out a while ago, but I just didn't really have a lot of time for it. But I uh, decided to pick it up and start playing it, so... Kirby, I know you're a, a PS4 guy. Are you playing anything new to kill the time here? Oh, man, I'm working through the Yakuza series. And uh, I love what it. What is Yakuza? I love, I love my organized crime Japanese dramas, man. They're unreal. There's, uh, there's seven games total so far. I've played all of them except for four and five. I'm, on, I'm playing through four right now. And uh, after that, I'll have five, five to go. Um, and they're like, they're not short games. Like they're probably around the same length as like your Red Dead Redemption there. But I've, I've noticed you more online lately because every time uh, we're PS4 friends and every time I see you log on, I see that duck show up and I'm like, oh, I wonder what Richie's playing. It's more like a mallard, uh, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How are you liking it? It's a, it's a good game so far. I got some buddies that play I online, ask you so guys. I, I've only played story mode a little bit because I joined them in their posse online, and we, uh, you know, make some some bootlegging runs, uh, you know, material supply runs, stuff like that. Oh, okay. Hassle some other posses. It's a good time. So you're crewing up online and playing it? Oh, yeah. I, I, I get into both. I played story mode a bit, but uh, whenever... Whenever they send me a message like, "Hey, we're we're gonna go do some runs. You want to join in?" So I, I jump online. So that um, it's, it's a good game, though. I enjoy it. That game to me, I think, has the best story I've ever played. Like, really, it, it really got me. Oh yeah, it got like I think it's better. I think it's better than like most Hollywood movies. Like it's better it is, than GTA Five. It oh, it's dude. The story is just fantastic. Like it's such a good tale. Nice. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I'm about 3% through it so yeah. far. So. And, and take your time, man. Like, do not rush. Like, just do your... Just enter through that game. Because it uh, there's so much to see and do. 
And I'm sure the online is like that as well. Oh yeah, there's tons tons going on online. Yeah. But uh it's it's a good thing. I, I got nothing but time on my hands here. Nice. Not much not much going on these days. <laughs> Well, I, wa- I wanted to ask you guys. I don't have a game system. Is it PlayStation well, it Four? Like PlayStation or should I wait for the new PlayStation? Five is going to be out at the end of the year. At least that's what I read a couple like, months ago. Yeah, I, I think that's the case. But I mean, like yeah. PS4's library is is ridiculously extensive, right? There's 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 games on PS4 for everybody. Like I've yeah. I've owned a lot of systems in my day, and PS4 is up there with one of the best ones I've ever owned. Like it is, it's it's definitely strong. Yeah, it's so strong. Like the, the amount of quality titles for it are just, it's incredible. It's got everything that you probably want on an Xbox plus like PlayStation's exclusives like Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, like the, the Spider Man game, which is awesome. Like uh, the Uncharted series, The Last of Us, like, all this sort of all these sorts of games are 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 great. Like adventures, you know. So. If you're into that kind of gaming, and I know you like your sports art, and it has all the sports titles, plus I think it's the exclusive. Uh, it, it has like the MLB games exclusively, right? So, yeah, it's got the show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. And it's got all the NBA 2K, which I really like. So, yeah, I I, I think I think it's a prime candidate, but obviously I'm trying to choose between. Uh, Xbox and PlayStation, and I, I don't think Switch is really my thing. Or yeah, it's just the Switch or, now. Uh, sorry, uh, Wii yeah. or whatever. So yeah, um, yeah, I think I think if you're yeah, or Switch, I guess it's called. If you're deciding yeah. between Xbox, and I'm not PlayStation, a. I'm not I, a I had gamer. 360. Yeah. Xbox 360 was my last system, and uh, I switched to PS4 because I was fed up with Xbox and definitely made the right choice. PlayStation is for sure the better gaming system in my opinion yeah I'm... but i did i just want to ask i wow. did want to ask right. uh what you guys think is the best sports video game franchise of all time but uh through the grapevine i learned caleb kirby not a big sports game fan well let me and i have to ask why let me tell you my favorite sports games um nhl 94 i think is the greatest sports game of all time Yep. Aside from that, um, I had a Sega Dreamcast, and they were like they went toe to toe with EA when it came to NHL. They made like an NHL 2K, very good game. Um, they made an NFL like 2K series, very good games, and then they made the NBA 2K series, which is continuing, and a lot of people say is the greatest uh, sports franchise of all time now. What two two of the things that I hate about sports games now is I don't think there's enough choice because EA has a monopoly on it and they can just simply rehash the same game every single year and I don't really like either that that towards the end of a console cycle when they release a game the game has all the greatest features and everything and then when they come to a new console cycle the first year of that release is always nerfed. Like they always lose like a lot of features and stuff that you had the last year of the previous cycle. So I think it's, I think it's a money grubbing thing, which has kind of dissuaded me from 
from playing sports games as much as I used to. And um, I also just like, sometimes I just want to escape, right? And I, I play games for adventure and to go off and explore. I really like exploring in games. So um, those are kind of the reasons why I don't play sports games as much as I used to. He's making well, some strong I, points I enjoy here, sports uh, games Rich. Just because what, what, what I'm, a, I'm a sports guy and I enjoy the competition aspect of it. I love to be able to play online, especially like if you can play online against your friends. It's just a lot of fun. Or, or uh, even better than online is like in person one v one. NHL is a great game for that. Yeah, uh, I enjoy FIFA for that as well. Actually, playing playing uh, co op on FIFA is a ton of fun. Um, but I do think you make a very strong point about it being a money grab. It's a huge money grab, and it, it's it's ridiculous because if you like to play online, which usually with the sports games, I enjoy to play online, mm-hmm. and because they come out with a new title every year, there's usually not even much of an upgrade to it, or like you say, sometimes it's like a downgrade, yeah. just change for the sake of change. But if you want to keep playing online, most of the players migrate to the new game so then you can't get matched up anymore online if you're playing uh like not against friends but just getting matched up online so you pretty much do have to upgrade to the new version in order to continue playing online so i definitely do not buy the games nearly as much and i more enjoy it for if someone is going to be coming over and playing the game then we can play 1v1 or uh back when i lived with uh, a buddy we were roommates we used to play fifa or nhl all the time um, I don't play sports games nearly as much, but I still enjoy them. Um, and actually, not that soccer is at all my favorite sport, but I actually think FIFA is the best uh, title that EA puts out. And the reason for that is I think just uh, soccer worldwide is where the most money can be made. So FIFA is the title that they put the most money into. NHL is a lot of fun, but I just find a lot of glitches, uh, there's always like a, a certain hack where you can almost always score. And whenever people figure it out, it's just, it's not a lot of fun. Uh, FIFA is a very like realistic feeling game. And it's very like, you need a lot of finesse to hit the right power on the ball where you don't sky it or whatever. Like the timing has to be very precise. It's just a game I really enjoy. So, uh, but I think you make a lot of strong points, and and just like you, sometimes I like to escape and explore. And like I mentioned, I'm playing Red Dead. You yeah. brought up uh, Uncharted. That was the game that came with my PS4 when I when I bought it. And I don't know, I had never heard of the Uncharted series, but that game was a ton of fun, and I would recommend it to anyone. It was so such a good game. Yeah, was that four that you you got? Yeah. The series? Did you go back and yeah, play Uncharted one, four. two, and three? No, I didn't actually. Uh, would have been a good call though. It's it's the other one it. that I always wanted to get to was uh, Assassin's Creed. I've never played Assassin's Creed, but I I know everyone says it's a super fun game. Yeah, it is fun. It's definitely fun. Um, you can get the Uncharted trilogy on PS4 for like twenty bucks, and it's one, two, and three, and they're all like um, upgraded to look good on the PS4 because they're all from the generation. That but, sounds like an easy sell. To yeah, me. it's it's really worth it, I think. And it it adds to the story. Like it adds to like the character's journey throughout the whole thing. It's funny cuz I I think I got the same bundle that you did with Uncharted 4 
and I played yeah. through the first chapter of Uncharted 4, and I'm like, nope. And I just shelved it, and I went and I bought the trilogy, and I played through the first one, into the second one, into the third one, and when I got to the third one, I mean, when I got to the fourth one, I was just like, I get this character now, I get all this, and I'm, I'm totally digging. Like, the ride itself, in and of itself, is great, but it's so cool to see the progression, right? Because they are kind of like movies, those games. So yes, it's cool to see where you where you end up going. Um, just touching back on the sports thing for a real quick second, like, like obviously EA Sports is good at business, you know, and you can't blame a company for brokering deals for exclusivity when it comes to you know the NFL and the NHL, but I think it does hurt the product because it lets one company that holds all the cards rest on their laurels when it comes to innovation and releasing, um, you know, like fresh new content every year. I thought the sporting game scene was a lot healthier when uh, Sega was involved and they had like the NFL 2K, the NHL 2K and NBA 2K. Now NBA 2K ended up outdoing NBA live and it, and it was able to stick around and continue. And I think that's fantastic, but I just wish that leagues wouldn't be as greedy, um, you know, taking big money from uh, a company for exclusivity, because I think in the end, it's it's people who play video games that lose there, right? Because it's their only option. It's it's a fair point. Now, yeah. we've we've talked about the the conventional sports games, but some of my favorites, and they don't really make games like this anymore. But some of my favorites are like the arcade sports games um nba jam was like an amazing game for super nintendo or for sega genesis yep nhl 94 was super arcade style like back then all of them basically were but uh and then another favorite king griffey jr baseball for the super nintendo yeah that game was so much fun did you ever play nfl blitz nfl blitz was the other one on my list that was a great game yeah like that game was (laughs) unreal you know like and then uh there was a game you could buy online for Xbox 360. I think I think EA Sports made it, but it wasn't it wasn't like attached to the NHL series. You just like bought it online and we paid like ten dollars for it. Yeah. It was like a three on three arcade game and there's like power ups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, my roommate and I would play co op. So you could play with up to three players co op if you wanted to. So it was just the two of us usually, but we won like 130 games straight at one point. Holy. And uh, you could just like, you had an advantage if you had more than one player. And obviously like sometimes we'd play against other people that were playing co-op as well, but you could hit people away from, from the puck. And um, there was just like a certain strategy to it. It was such a fun game though. Like, you know, you'd have power-ups that made the goalie giant or, uh, super fast for 30 seconds. Like, it was a really fun game. Well, you're a Rocket League guy, too, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I've got Rocket League. Like, that's the same that's thing. Cool. Like, like I just love, like, those kind of kooky innovations. And, like, Rocket League is a sports game just wrapped up in a different different package, right? Like, totally. yeah. Guys, the only thing I want to say about this on this topic is the reason I like sports games is because I can have competition with other people. 
other people in the same room. I like the party setting of the video game. And I feel like sports, because I like to play sports, I like to trash talk. I like to go against my friends, you know, one versus one, in whether it's Madden or 2K or NHL. That's what I like. It doesn't matter what game I'm See, playing. I like the competition. It's funny that you say that, though, like, but you completely discount so a, a like console the like the Switch because the Switch is built on that, right? Like Mario Party. Mario Party, baby. Yeah, Mar- Such a good Mario game. Kart, Mario Party, Super Smash Brothers, like, all of those games are specifically designed for people to sit in the same room and lip each other off, right? Yeah. Well, hashtag get good, Art. Yeah, but I'm not good at those games, Kirby. I'm good at sports. I'm not good no, at No, like, I mean, just because you're good at playing <laughs> basketball outside doesn't mean you're going to play good <laughs> at basketball on a console. You're, you're tapping buttons with your thumbs, right? But Kirby, those new games are so realistic that I know how I know how to play basketball. Yeah, I'm just like, saying Mario Mario game. Kart. You hit That's a button, race to get to a finish line. It's not it's not rocket science, Art. Yeah, but I'm not good at that. I'm, not, I'm just not. I, I'm better at the sports, so that's why I do like the sports. Yeah, I mean, that's... Okay, all, so the other thing is, that... Uh, so. This kind of goes hand-in-hand, yeah. hand, I think, with uh, with video games, but I mentioned this in the, the intro. Liquor sales in British Columbia are up 40% uh, with the quarantine. Uh, don't worry, though. Don't rush out to your stores. Apparently, there's no shortage, so we don't have to worry. Um, that's an awful lot, so... Uh, we talked beer on last week's episode. We uh, we both had some Phillips in the in the fridge. A great great brewery, I will say. Again, we're still looking for a sponsorship, Phillips, if you're interested. But um, I was just wondering, other than beer, you know, because it can get tiring sitting around having beer every night during quarantine. You know, I like to mix it up once in a while. So, what are your uh, your social isolation drinks of choice uh, other than beer, Kirby? into the wild turkey actually last weekend i was drinking uh i was just doing sipping right like a little bit of wild turkey uh 101 on ice with like a splash of water on top and just you know low and slow man because that stuff will sneak up on you pretty quick you gotta be uh you gotta be dialed in there which uh sometimes i fail at but um yeah i that's a bold, bold call. I enjoyed, I enjoyed doing that um, last weekend, right? I, when I was really going in the liquor store, I was looking for some Suntory. It's like a Japanese whiskey, but it's like, I looked at it, and it was like $65 for a 2.6. And I was like, Caleb, you need to be real with yourself. Like, it's Friday. You're going home. What are you planning to do with, like, the roommates that you have in here? this whole scene like you're not gonna be able to sip that whiskey and then leave it you know like in like a liquor cabinet or on a shelf or anything like that like that is probably gonna go within the weekend so i'm like okay i'll probably you know look at a cheaper option for hopefully kind of the same flavor profile and that's what i did i just knocked it down a few uh you know a few like 30 bucks i guess and and went with a, a cheaper option but not a not a worse option um for you know value
That's a that's very trailer park boys of you, Caleb Kirby. I like it. I dig it. In these times, in these pandemic times. I've uh I, I'm I've been on the gin train for a while. I'll I'll do gin and, you know, soda. I'll do uh I'll do gin Caesars even. Uh I I have lots of vodka here in my house right now, so yeah, I'm I'm mixing all sorts of other stuff besides doing beer. Um, that's that's yeah, exciting. That's After wild turkey is <laughs> Like what? Why did you even bother answering? Hey, Rich, did you know that Art drank alone though this week? <laughs> well, that what else are you gonna do? In He's socialization? like, uh, I haven't, I haven't done that yet since I've yeah. been in socialization. I haven't drank alone, and that was partly the reason why I bought the wild turkey because I feel like, you know, if you do start drinking alone, then yeah, you could probably step it up a notch. Maybe you should to keep yourself at a point where you don't just get absolutely hammered and then regret you know, getting hammered on a $60 bottle. Maybe that's like a so I'm gonna need, formula. Uh, I'm going to need clarification on, on drinking alone to see if I qualify. Is, is drinking alone yeah. being the only one drinking or is it drinking with no one else present? Art, what were you doing? Ooh, good question. Well, I was thinking, <laughs> I'm asking no for my present. my own situation here because I'm I'm uh, quarantined in a one bedroom apartment with my fiance, but I've been drinking alone. Yeah. Well. I... No, she's a she's a beer drinker. You gotta get her, her some rosé. So she's rose got some headaches, so she hasn't been drinking. Hmm. So it's just been me. Just been me putting the beers back every night mm. and the occasional uh the occasional vodka soda or rum and coke, you know, you as well poor, mix things up. But uh, you for poor the most guys. part it's, it's a I think if you are planning I think if you are planning on drinking alone, maybe buy a more expensive That's bottle. A solid question. So that you you're kinda of cognizant to the fact every time I am taking a sip out of this, shit ain't cheap, you know? Like I don't wanna go out and I don't wanna go out and uh, replace this bottle, you know. After two nights of, you know, pouring three or whatever. That's your way of self-policing yourself? Yeah. I mean, that's... There we go. <laughs> Self-quarantine drinking lessons with Caleb Kirby. This is another se- <laughs> uh, segment that we're going to have every week. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to make I'm going to make a ruling on this. If you're drinking with your fiance and she's not drinking and there's someone or if it's someone else in the room and you're drinking and nobody else is, you're not drinking alone. But if you're in a room by I'm with Art, I agree. I have something and there's no one else I agree, there, but I also think there's no problem with alone. that. Like All right. Why not enjoy a drink? Does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> it's all about how you're doing it though, right? and that's that. what i think if, saying, well yeah if you're really if you are saying, being more cognizant of it because of you know like not wanting to get plastered by yourself and you know you're sitting there with a gun on your lap or something like that <laughs> <laughs> which i'm sure art was one step away from No, I, I I think be classy about it. Be Just a gentleman. Away. Pay the extra yeah. money and get a, a decent <laughs> bottle. No, that's not a decent bottle, Art. That's actually it was a decent right. bottle. Well, it was an affordable, it decent it. bottle, but you know, step over the sixty dollar range. <laughs> that's so if you're looking 
if you're looking to All right. All right. drink, yeah, your drink alone in a classy way, and you want to step it up. Well, while we're on the topic of uh, social isolation, drinking tips with Caleb Kirby, what uh, what's a nice bottle of booze that you should treat yourself to? I I really like whiskeys, man. Um, that that Conor McGregor proper twelve Irish whiskey is good. Have you guys tried that? Yeah, it is good, man. I have not. Yeah, like uh, get a bottle of, like proper twelve. Oh. Get a bottle of, like Suntory, like Japanese like whiskey's awesome. It's really really good. Um, if you can find like Hokshu, it's pretty hard to find. That's another kind of Japanese whiskey that's good. And then just pour yourself like a single belt of it, neat. On some ice, add a little water to the top, and just slowly sip away. Right? That those those drinks have a lot of flavor to them, and you know, yeah. like um, if you drink it that way, like you probably won't feel it in the morning. You won't um, wake up with a big headache or anything. Anything that you mix with like sugar, like a sugary like cola or anything like that, like I think you're just wasting like hard booze on a flavor that you can barely taste because it's masked by so much sugar. So like any Yeah, I mean I go ahead. I've always been a big fan of the the rum and coke, but uh I usually stick to like one and then switch it up to the vodka sodas because you don't want too much sugar. It uh it definitely creates a bad hangover. Whereas last time I got uh pretty tipsy on vodka sodas i barely felt it the next morning because you're just hydrating yourself throughout the night it's an amazing drinking um art aronson his empress gin that he has right now those empress gin and tonics are great like that's a great drink (laughs) yeah delicious man yeah he's got johnny walker don't you whiskey as well he's doing some red label whiskey i i forgot to mention that but i've been yeah, I've been I've been slowly sipping away. Art, that, uh, I've been waiting for you to chime in with your drink you know? of choice <laughs> for a, a nice Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon while doing some homework. Oh yeah, I've been I've been crushing the Caesars lately too, guys. Like I I had to do an essay over this past weekend, and it was uh, quite a few words. So I kind of treated myself to a triple Caesar every five hundred words that's what i that's what i was doing they were getting to be half and half too at the end at the end of my essay i was like this is uh this is an a minus material this is an a minus paper so that, it was the, the booze talking that it was an a minus it'll be lucky if it's <laughs> guys it was yeah <laughs> yeah that's right exactly yeah Anyways, yeah, I love me some Caesars. I love making them right now. So, yeah, I'm crushing quite a few of those in isolation. And I don't feel that bad about it right now. I don't. For whatever reason, the Clamato, uh, it kind of feels like a breakfast lunch drink. I don't feel like I'm what, boozing that. What hard. are you putting in your Caesar? So it's the perfect isolation drink for me, if you ask. If you ask me. Okay, well, I got a little... Uh, Okay, this is the key for my Caesar. I have the the hot, spicy Caesar. First, that's off. amateur like, hour already, man. Juice, first off, Worcestershire. You put in Tabasco, man. That in. You don't put that shit in. No, I got uh, that. That goes in as well. But you got to start with the. All right, continue. Really, 
you got to start with the hot uh, clamato juice, right? Yeah, and then you got I'll continue. Thank you. And then you got you got the vodka and you got the the Worcestershire sauce. And yes, put a little put a little bit of Tabasco in there, but it doesn't have to be too much because I already got the spicy clamato juice. Mix that bad boy up. Throw in uh, I throw in uh, some uh, a, a bean, Any- uh, a spicy bean, or I throw in a uh, a celery stick. Man, I also saw I also salt the uh, I also what kind of salt the, uh, the rim around the uh, the glass as well. Boom. Oh, I have uh, All right. there's this there's this premix salt. I give that I Caesar from, uh, from thrifty a seven percent out That's of a hundred. Yeah, yeah. I think you're missing what? some key ingredients, what? man. You're missing That's horseradish for one. Damn it, Art! That's a good fucking Caesar. Don't knock it till you tried it. Mm. I I. Dude, my 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 clama, my clamato juice is so spicy already. Yeah, because you're getting that pre-mixed spicy, cold, spicy clamato crap. Clamato That's that you, you. I don't know if it needs the horseradish. The spice. Man. You want a bitter spice in there with your horseradish, and then you also want the hot spice on your tongue with the Tabasco. But curb, I'm also putting. I'm just like saying your half your, half your flavor profile is really weak titties. Much at all at the end of it, after one. Okay. Uh, I'll Caesar enough. off you. I, I okay. How about this? Why don't we do a Caesar off sometime? Right. I uh, I also have another secret ingredient right, that I haven't even mentioned, but who, they'll save that for the Caesar off. I like it. I like that. All right, love it, love it. No, that was, uh, that sorry was there, exciting uh, stuff. We, we are we are running short on time, mode. unfortunately. So it it brings me before we wrap up. I just through this whole uh, social isolation and especially through social media uh, period, I just have one burning question that I wanted to ask before we wrap things up. And that question is very important. I just want to know what the hell is TikTok? What are all these kids doing? Like, how do you TikTok? What is TikTok? Oh. I don't quite get it. Is it not just Snapchat? Like, is that what's happening? People are just coming out with new apps that are the same as old apps, but with a new name? I think you're talking to the wrong fucking people, man. I, 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 I see it as well. It's not just young people. It's old people. It's everybody. Except for me. <laughs> and Caleb Kirby. I, I think it's just like Vine, no basically. It's is. like people post videos. Like, okay, they came up with an app that did this seven years ago. Yeah, but I think, I think it has more options on how you can edit that quick video, right? No, I thought... I th- yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. I, and isn't it, isn't it the one where people like to... Like, uh, you can add whatever music you want. That's what people like. Yeah. Right, then they can I dance. See. Then they can dance to it. That's what they really like about TikTok. There you go. Well, that's why wow, we, we know more about TikTok it than we thought. Expert Caleb, Bart Aronson onto the that's, podcast. That's a second yeah, little segment. All the insider talk with Bart Aronson. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, what's that? Yeah, I'm just getting word that we just got canceled <laughs> after that. 
after finding out that uh, TikTok was our can I, segment. Yeah. Can, can I ask you guys one more question before we go? Uh, yeah. What the hell yeah, are you watching? No, like on, on television. Oh. So Art and I talked about this last week. Oh, uh, yeah. this is, Good question. You know, it's kind of funny because everyone is uh, taking the time to, um, you know, watch the shows or the movies that they've had on the list that they haven't gotten the time to get around. And meanwhile, Art and I were like, finally, a chance to binge watch The Office for the 38th <laughs> time. <laughs> And so uh, we've been posting, Art, Art spearheaded this, and I kind of piggybacked onto it, but our Art spearheaded the office quote of the night on Twitter, which we've uh, dubbed hashtag Dunder Mifflin it. I don't know how to properly say it. Dob- Dunder Muff, Muff, <laughs> oh man, Dunder Mifflin in, in, infinite wisdom. You like how I said that? It's, it sounds better in a hashtag than when I actually say Infinite, it. Infinite wisdom. wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was so good. There, there's that. I'm watching uh, no, the one show that I am yeah, watching that's good. new is season three of Ozark. I, I, a few nice. episodes in. How about uh, how about you? I, I got to ask, are you watching Tiger King? Everybody yeah, dummy Tiger, Tiger King. King. Oh, yeah. Is it worth it? Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, we're, we're, I, we're I, I put it right up there with Wild Wild Maybe Country. It might even be better than Wild Wild Country. Is it better is it underneath it? Where, where are you? Where are you putting it? That's another one I never got to, but always intrigued yeah. me. Yeah, Wild Wild Country takes longer to get going. That's why I think Tiger King's better. Wild Wild, because you got to be a little more patient with Wild Wild Country. But man, the twists and turns of Tiger King—it's just incredible. Yeah. Is oh yeah. This, so are you taking? Are you taking? Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred uh, percent. Tiger King over making a murderer. You are. Okay. Because I feel like Make, making a murderer is like true crime, like Netflix you know, like who done it type stuff. Tiger like King's crass, just batshit right? crazy, man. It's just a crazy story. Like the 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 amount of like plot twists that happen in it, and it's all like. You know, documented stuff, and, it's- and the way that the guy. So, okay, I'll I'll spoil one thing about Tiger King for you, and it happens in like the first five minutes of the documentary. The way the guy gets like wrapped up in even making a documentary about like the Tiger King, yeah. he was not even trying to do that at all. Like he was making a completely different film, and then all of a sudden, this one thing happens, and he's like, "I gotta figure this out, and I gotta like." try and see what the story is here and he ended up following the guy around for like i don't know four years or something like that to make this documentary it's it's insane so it's it's kind of like icarus then oh icarus is fantastic but like icarus is like a a docu film right whereas this is like a yeah but i just mean in the sense that uh like he, he started out with one story of like let's see if i can dope myself and then beat the system yeah, yeah. because he's a cyclist and he wanted to beat the system but then he gets ends up getting connected with the guy who ran Russia's doping system yeah. and then it becomes like this huge documentary story where he breaks 
yeah. the whole way that Russia was cheating. I mean, it, it's yeah, a it crazy is. documentary, but it's not the story. For sure. Yeah. Tell. It is like that. Like, it's just like they, people have like this one goal on what they think their, their docu is going to be about. And then it just takes like a crazy left turn. And then you're just like, this is way more interesting. We're following this. And yeah, Icarus does that. Uh, Into the Inferno does that. And Tiger King does that. And Tiger Tiger King's like seven episodes long, but man, like, I don't know. I just, I, I, I rolled through it in like a day. I was just like, this is insane, man. Wow. I read, I read a story in the, my newscast today and it was about Tiger King and everybody wants to know what happened to Carol Baskin's ex-husband or something like that. And I was like, what, what? Like, why is this in my newscast? Why is this all watch. over the press yeah. right now? And I, watch it, no and you'll find out. But, of course, a lot of people do, because so many people has watched Tiger King. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, and I feel like I, I need to watch it soon, because I don't want to get spoiled, right? And that's why I feel the pressure to watch this. And I felt the pressure okay. of that with making a murderer and other. So watch know, and and I want to know what you guys think of this versus so like making a murderer. Because like for me, I think it's clearly like way more entertaining and and probably probably a little bit better put together. I'd say. Yeah. Well, that uh, that's where we're gonna have to leave it. Interesting. But we will report yeah. back. Uh, that's we have homework assigned to us. Art, we have to watch Tiger Kings so that we can report back on our thoughts and have a Tiger King report on the next episode of Worthlessly Worthwhile. Caleb Kirby, thanks so much for joining us. It was nice to have a third guest. We get tired of hearing our own voices and especially <laughs> each other's. Uh, so to have someone, a third person to break it up, really helped. So thank you, Art. A great podcast as always. Gentlemen, yeah, take care. Next time. This has been Worthlessly Worthwhile. Thanks for listening.